All right, here we are talking about coaching. So I'm here with Nikki and Seva. Hello, guys. <laughs> Nikki, I wish you so much uh, luck with your flooded basement. <laughs> um, you're, you're in a cafe. We have a little bit of background noise. Um, Thank uh, thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate you, uh, despite the odds, making it. <laughs> Good. Well, we have an interesting question and, and one that is uh, more present than usual. Uh, just because I had a recent conversation with uh, Julie Starr on the, for the Coaching Uncaged podcast, um, who's, who wrote, uh, many of you will know her as the author of the, the Coaching Manual. Um, and part of what we talked about was uh, getting the ego out of the way when we're coaching. And it's a, it's a topic that often pops up when I, particularly when I supervise, uh, also when I coach myself or I supervise myself or when I just have conversations with people, sometimes you show up and your ego just gets in the way, which uh, incidentally happened when I met Julie for the first time uh, at a conference. I won't go into the whole story, um, but I just, I kept saying things that were just not helpful at all. And I'm like, why, why am I saying these things? And it was totally my ego getting in the way, trying to kind of level uh, somewhere where I just, I wasn't present anymore as much as I could. And I have that a lot in supervision. Clients uh, find themselves in coaching sessions and they start getting defensive or they, they're doubting whether they ask a question or they ask a question in order to show how much they know or, you know, they interrupt the client um, with a comment that wasn't necessary, it was only to uh, to to feed their ego in some way, right? To uh, prove that they've listened very very well, or to showcase a piece of knowledge, um, or to mention that they know the person that this person is talking about because they're I don't know well, whatever it might be, it just stops us from being present. You know, while we're asking ourselves is this a good question? Is this a great coaching question? Or am I doing it right? Or am I doing well enough? Or, you know, should I challenge more or less? Am I a good enough coach right now? You know, am I doing it right? Um, it, it's not helpful because it distracts us. So I, I'll leave it at that. There's, there's a lot more where that came from, but I, I wanted to pause there for a moment to see, to see if the context is, is clear enough and what you guys think. Yeah, I like this. I think this this is um, I think this is something that um, well, th there's a few things that came up straight away for me. I noticed that in the in the past, this would happen for me, especially, and 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 I'm sure it still happens. You know, I don't think I'm perfect from this, but um, it would often happen when I was trying to impress the client. Mm -hmm. And so the thing that I wrote down is impressing versus really making a difference, versus really focusing on coaching the person. And, and this would often more happen in enrollment conversations. But I, I think like, you know, if I get really present to it, it would often have, it, it would also happen in coaching relationships. But then the focus underneath that was either trying to look good or trying to impress the person. Mm -hmm. Right. And actually the, the moment I can, the moment I start practicing, letting that go, just start really focusing on like on on you know just being being a good coach and really not being attached to am I saying the right thing here or how do I look if if I if I go this direction it might be the wrong direction right 
and 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 this is kind of connected to another distinction is that i often you know remind myself of i think is it pleasing versus serving right i could say something that could please the client right and it could again make me look good or it could avoid me looking bad or or i could go really here into service which potentially could be challenging could be uncomfortable could even create a bit more friction in the relationship can you think of an example from your recent coaching work um let me let me sit with that for a second and then come back to you um but but yeah i think i think the the main thing is well what what comes up is not so much recently what would come up often is this i think you mentioned that there about showing how much i know mm -hmm. right or something just inserting like you know things that don't really actually matter in that conversation right for example if if someone somebody wants help with something i think look i think i think there's a balance between what what really serves this conversation and what is just what am i trying to insert so to just show like hey i'm an expert here or you know um you know you should work with me because i have all of this here mm -hmm. right so for me like in the past what's come up is just sometimes inserting saying yeah yeah actually you know i've recently done this with with someone or i've helped so many so many like five people like yourself or 10 people like yourself and from time to time i think it, it could be useful to somebody share like to ask permission say hey would it be okay if i share with you yeah. something that i've recently done but again is i think it's very much the context between like why am i going here is it really in service to the conversation or am i just sharing it yeah. to impress or to yeah. and, you know let show this person that I can help you. I'm the expert here. Yeah, it makes me think of. Uh, um, I talked to this coach, and uh, they had I don't know 20 diplomas in the background, <laughs> and I thought, to some level, that gives you a lot of, like, it gives you a lot of credibility, right? It potentially creates a lot of trust in the client who talks to you and. And has some reassurance that oh this person seems to know what they're doing they're well trained I'm in good hands I'm safe, right? But on the other end of the spectrum, it can also lead to oh this person is so much better than me or they know so much more than me and it can really lead to a, a, a imbalance in that relationship. It's difficult to meet someone at eye level who's presenting like that, and so uh, you can never be quite sure whether this is ego that might be in the way of a fruitful eye-to-eye -eye equal coaching relationship or whether this is going to serve the client because they know they're in a safe place because they're someone who's really well trained yeah good point i think this is such a wicked question this is the kind of questions i really love and I was just rereading the wording exactly, um, which was, how do I get my ego out of the way when I coach? Um, I mean, one, this for me is like one of those subjects where the responsibility, having spoken about responsibilities in the previous questions, where the responsibility of the coach really comes in. I think I see it this way, at least, you know, as a coach, I, I think of myself as having a responsibility of staying on top of my own development you know whether that's mm. through getting my own coaching through getting therapy through getting supervision um because i think you know our ego is attached to us and it's like one of those things that it's a relationship that kind of develops through life 
Um, mm -hmm. It's not that we ever get to a stage where we completely get rid of our ego. So in terms of how do I manage that within coaching? I mean, for me, several things come to mind. For, first of all, I think, or maybe I'm just that kind of person, but it really helps to like read a bit about the ego and kind of, you know, understand what the ego is and kind of maybe a little bit of theories around it. Um, and then the other thing that you, you said in, in our opening is about, you know, presence, I think, you know, one of the most important aspects of managing our egos in, in coaching sessions is having that presence and kind of being in touch with ourselves and our responses to our client and kind of flagging mm. things like, is this me or is this them? Is this my agenda? Where is this, where is this response to me coming from? Um, and like, I think one of the, the key ways I try and manage my own ego in those moments when I kind of maybe notice it flaring up or something triggers me and I'm like, I'm not sure, you know, am I responding in the best way to the client is, is, is always remembering that, that phrase. And I think this is something from Carl Rogers potentially, and I just found it so immensely powerful and useful is, is to just remind yourselves, remind ourselves, it's not about me. This is about them. So whenever mm -hmm. there is something and I want to respond in a certain way and I, I have that presence to be like, hang on, Nikki, wait a minute. Is this really right? I go like, just remember, this is not about you. This is about them. What right. response would serve them best? Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, and I couldn't underline more uh, what you said around what is my response and what is my reaction because our ego will get triggered. You know, a, a client didn't respond to the question as well as you wanted to or they ignored your question and they answered a different question or they just kind of kept talking or that whatever it is, it's easy for us as coaches to get defensive or to get frustrated or to get impatient and to then ask ourselves, what's going on for me and why is that going on for me? Is that going on for me because I generally am a bit impatient or, you know, uh, I, I don't know, maybe it's because my dad, for example, is incredibly impatient. So sometimes when I get impatient, I know it has nothing to do with the clients. That's all that, that's all that's all to me <laughs> you know that's just like what i grew up with and if i then get that out of the way and put that into my box and put the lid on and that box will jump up and down and it will make a lot of noise and i'm like no that's my stuff that's my stuff in the box right there and i'm keeping that in the box as much as i can right it it takes constant effort it takes constant monitoring and awareness to keep your stuff in the box if you really want to tune in Right. And if I then still notice some frustration or some impatience, I'm like, oh, this part is created from you and me in relation. You know, that's really interesting that this emotion is coming up in me. And I might choose to work with that. I might choose to share that. I might choose to give a voice to that because I, I know I have my stuff in the box and that's not what it was. Right. It's not the dispute with my partner yesterday or that other client that, you know, criticized me on this or that level. And now it's coming back. It's like this is something that is present here and generated between the two of us. And then it matters. Right. My own stuff, my own ego, that's not most likely not going to serve the client. Yeah. I think, you know, the, the inner work is so important, you know, the super, supervision, mm -hmm. um, you know, therapy, potentially having your own coach, a space, I think like, 
a, a space where you can discuss these things, where you can actually say like, well, this is what came up. This is what happened. And this is how I felt. Mm -hmm. Somebody yeah. from the outside who can yeah. give you some feedback on it. And I'd be curious about yeah. how you reacted when you couldn't recognize it because it's so you. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think it's, you know, yeah. I think that the more we coach, because all, all these things that happen, right, they're not straightforward. Sometimes, even if you do a really good job, a client might just decide to not continue paying. Hmm. Or they might decide to, you know, to make a complaint. Right, so many things can happen that can actually trigger things, mm -hmm. and you know you need you need a space to talk about these things. Yeah, and when that then happens, somebody stops paying you or gives you a piece of critical feedback. It's such a good example, right? Because how many coaches mm -hmm. then go, "Oh, I'm not good enough," or you know, it has something to do with me, or "Am I a good enough coach?" or you know, oh, what's happening? Or you get defensive or you get aggressive or like if you manage to get all of that ego out of the way, you start getting curious about what's going on for your client. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I remember, I, I don't think I've shared this uh, publicly at all, but I remember I think around five years ago, I, I was coaching someone and it's a three-month three agreement. And after a month, like halfway, she just, she stopped and she said, well, I'm not going to pay you. Right. And, and she wrote me a long message saying like, you know what? I didn't get a lot out of it. And before I had my conversation with a coach, with my coach, I just got really, I was really down. And I said to my wife, you know what? Maybe this is not for me. Like I started wow. thinking like, you know what? Maybe I'm not good enough. Like I just took that message and I thought, wow, if someone actually writes that, they're probably right. And, and I remember actually bringing that up with my coach and the coach said, well, tell me more about this relationship. Like, what have you guys done? And, you know, what, what's happened? And then, you know, and then, it, and then I got to see that actually, well, a lot of this wasn't, wasn't me. It was something happened there. And we actually, you know, we, we met in person. We, I ran into her like a week or two weeks later. And then she apologized. She said like, you know, there was a lot going on and all that stuff. And then she ended up actually keeping a word and she, she made the payment, which is really interesting because in that moment I was in my own head. I was like, Oh my God, this is the end of the world. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's it. Like they found out, you know, that I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a good coach. And I, and I think, you know, it's, it's so easy to like, and, and by the way, like, I don't, I don't think sometimes like, you know, people talk about imposter syndrome, right? I think, you know, Imposter syndrome actually has a really good place in, in, in our profession. I think in any profession, like for me, it usually indicates that, I mean, for me, it hasn't really come up in the last three years, last four years maybe, but when it would come up at the beginning, you know, it would actually indicate that, hey, maybe, you know what, like you need to spend a bit more time here, right? If I used to think like, maybe I'm not good enough or I would just say, well, okay, well, what are some things I need to spend more attention towards? Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's very easy to just say, well, you know, we put our ego aside. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know mm -hmm. if that's like a separate conversation, but I think often it's very easy to say that I'm a good coach. So I'm, you know, whatever is coming is their own stuff. But sometimes actually putting your ego aside allows you to actually see that, you know what, maybe there's some truth in there and mm. I can take some of this and improve. Like I know that from that, the, le the lesson I learned is just to communicate better in terms of, yeah hey, you know, what, what could potentially happen in this relationship?
Yeah, I think we could definitely have a full episode at least on imposter syndrome, and I think we should. <laughs> we we haven't yeah. we haven't really covered it yet. But like for me, the main point is still, and you you kind of highlight that with that too. Is what are you missing when you are engaged in your own shit? <laughs> you know, when your own stuff comes up and you're getting defensive or frustrated, or you are asking yourself whether you're good enough or whatever it is. What are you missing because you're not paying attention? to your client, you, your attention is focused on yourself, you know? So that's, I think that's not fair because the coaching is about them and it's not about you. And some of it is of course in relation, but I think if we let our own stuff to get involved too much, then we're doing the client a disservice. And Nikki, I love that you brought the question back to its exact reading, right? What can I actually do to not let my ego get in the way? So uh, the do your own work is something that already emerged strongly today, right? Uh, create self-awareness as much as possible. Being able to de- like to decide, is this my own stuff or is this something that's generated here? Is this going to be useful for the client or is this useful for me in some way? And if you drop all of the stuff that's useful for me and not for the client, in order to do that, you need to be able to have that level of awareness, right? So uh, Julie talked about, um, talks often about, well, she went to India a bunch of times to go on retreats to really do the personal work. Um, Robin Short, I had on this uh, podcast as well, he talks about just being really attuned with what's going on for you. So that means taking a couple of minutes, at least before every session, to just kind of sit there and pay attention to what's going on for you right? Uh, What kind of thoughts, feelings, emotions are floating around? What's happening in your life right now? Regular supervision is one of those things, right? Uh, Regular reflective spaces, supervision probably being the most effective reflective space. But you can also create reflective spaces for yourself. You know, if you do that with a colleague or a peer, even with a friend, you know, there's somebody who can reflect something back, somebody that can point to your blind spots, you know, record sessions if it's appropriate uh, and contracted, obviously. Listen back to them. Uh, develop more awareness about where your interventions are coming from. You know, is it from a position of ego or from a position of service? And sometimes it's difficult to draw the line. Sometimes it's difficult to distinguish um, where one ends and the other one begins. So that's a couple of things on the top of my head that I can think of. What can you actually do to not let that happen? Yeah, really nice. I really like that. One kind of thing that it just reminds me as well, it's just in, in that process is, you know, as when these things come up, even in a session is also just to remember to have compassion for your own humanity, you know, mm-hmm. not to now turn that into something really, really negative and beat down on yourself and that kind of thing, but just to, just to notice it, you know, like I'm someone who really enjoys mindfulness and all of that. So it's just learning also then how to interact kindly with yourself, with your ego and the things that come up and then, but bracket all of that, flag it for after and maybe bring it up in your supervision session, but really develop that filter to notice it quite quickly, put it to one side and bring yourself back into the space with your client. Sebastian, any last words? No, I think, I think we've talked about the most important parts and I think it, it would be probably useful to have a, a podcast episode about supervision. Oh, I, yeah. I, um, you know, I can imagine like, you know, we were 
you know, coaches that are now formally getting qualified, they probably get exposed to it. And maybe they, sometimes they get ex they experience it as part of their coaching program. I think also a lot of coaches probably have no clue what it is. I know that in the first first two years, I, I didn't come across supervision. And the only, the only thing that I saw is that I could hire a coach. And, and a lot of coaches are actually not really trained in, in supervision. They, they can sometimes create that space. They can create that space. And that's that's also useful, but I think actually just having um, maybe creating a few questions around supervision. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the main one is: Do I need supervision? <laughs> so we we'll definitely have that episode because many of you will know. I feel strongly about that. Um, but yeah, it's fantastic in order to get the ego out of the way. If you have a, a supervisor who's trained. Well, I would say, you know, because as you say, there's so many supervisors who are really just coaches for coaches and that's different, mm. right? So uh, coming in to a relationship, looking for that is going to be really helpful for your clients as well, right? Your clients want to engage with other people in their world without having their ego get in the way. It's not just something that coaches do for coaches, particularly important, but like any lawyer, any accountant will probably do a better job if they get their ego out of the way. Although for, <laughs> for yeah. some, I guess you could argue that you probably will want to expand your ego if you're, I don't know, a movie star or something like that. But even then, I would say, don't let your ego get in the way, especially during the time that you're working. You know, Because if you let your ego get in the way, especially when you're acting, it's just it's not going to work. I mean, for some, it works because you get hired because they want you to be your ego. But really, when you're acting, that's the non plus ultra of getting the ego out of the way because you literally need to adopt another one. So, but hey, that's, that goes well beyond. We opened a lot of doors here. Uh, at this point, we're going to have to close it down. Thank you guys so much. Uh, I'd love to hear some stories from people who might be watching this or listening to this of how their ego might have gotten in the way. I'd love to see some stories in the comments. Um, and maybe what are you doing to not let that happen? Moving, moving forward, I would, I would love to hear what other people's experiences are. Yeah, I love that too. Really interesting. Cool. Great. Thank you, guys. I'll, I'll see you another time. And I'll, uh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. guys. Thank you for being with us today. I appreciate your commitment to learning and growing as a coach. Just a few things before you go. First of all, we're doing this for you, so if there's anything you'd like us to talk about, do send us a question. Secondly, we're not doing this for profit, so we rely on your support to help us reach as many coaches as we can. So if you can send this episode to a friend or tell a fellow coach uh, about what we're doing here, maybe you can subscribe or leave us a review, or even support us on Patreon. Um, that would be amazing. And lastly... You can find us across all major platforms, so uh, whether you like to watch or you like to listen or you like to download episodes and listen to it uh, in your car while you're driving through somewhere with no internet, uh, you can do so too. Um, and that's it from us. Thank you and I hope to see you next time.